Beloved congregation, brothers and sisters, some time ago, as I sat on a plane about to take off, I remember looking out the one side of the plane window. That side showed a beautiful sunset. You could see the sky's various colors as the sun sank below the earth. From that perspective, everything looked peaceful and serene. But as I looked through the window on the other side of the plane, I saw a completely different picture. I saw angry, gathering clouds, gray and black, and knew that the storm was about to unleash its fury. Beside me was a woman who obviously was nervous about flying. She kept looking out of that one side of the window that showed the gloomy and threatening weather. As we took off, she continued looking out of that side of the window, becoming increasingly nervous. It didn't help that right after takeoff, the ride was bumpy as well. I thought to myself, why doesn't she look out the other side of the window? She would feel much less anxious. We're all on the same plane, including the pilot, and we'll all go to the same destination. The pilot knows what he is doing. He wouldn't take off if it wasn't safe. I also thought to myself, isn't that the way it is with life as well? As Christians, we all go to the same destination as we make our way through life. But as we go through life, we sometimes look at the wrong side of life. Some people do that all the time. Perhaps some of you do that as well. So let me ask you, is your life full of anxiety and tension? Do you constantly look at all the things that can and do sometimes go wrong? Are you scared when things get a little bumpy? Well, then change your view. Look out the other side of the window. Look at God's creation and notice how wonderfully he has made it. And there is an immense beauty in God's creation. Through your eyes of faith, you can see that only an almighty God could create something as beautiful and intricate as this. And only that almighty God can control our destiny. Oh, sure, it's true that because of sin, this creation is also full of dangers. There are earthquakes, floods, hurricanes and tornadoes, ice storms, things break down and fall and deteriorate. Unexpected things can happen to you personally. There are wars and conflict. You could lose your health. You could lose your possessions. A lot of bad things can happen. But let's not forget that we, as believers, are all going to the same destination and the same pilot is in control, which is the Lord God himself, who is the perfect pilot. And he wants you and me to trust in him. 
He has created the vessel you travel in, this whole earth, and indeed the entire universe. You can safely put your life in his hands. And that's what I want to preach to you about this afternoon. We will see that my faithful father is the almighty creator who safely guides us to our destination. And then we must, in the first place, carefully observe the miracles of his creation, and secondly, completely trust his ability to guide us to our destination. So the theme is, my, fa my faithful father is the almighty creator who safely guides us to our destination. So we must carefully observe the miracles of his creation. Lord's Day 9 begins also where Genesis begins, where the Bible begins, with creation. And you would expect, therefore, that this, that this Lord's Day would address some of the same problems people have concerning creation. For example, the fact that God created all things in six days and that it did not come about through evolution or any other means. You would expect the emphasis to be on the Almighty Creator and what he is able to do. But that's not entirely the case. The emphasis is not, first of all, on God as creator, but as God as the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is also my Father. Indeed, creation is mentioned in this Lord's Day, but the main point is that the eternal Father of our Lord Jesus Christ is also my God and my Father. He created this world for his children, in other words, for you and for me. And that's also how you must see Genesis 1. In the first chapter of the Bible, we get the diary of our Lord God, wherein he describes how he lovingly prepared a wonderful home for us. It is a home which, uh, which has as its roof the changing cloud formations and the sun as its central heat, acting as a permanent light at the same time. It also has the moon and the stars that light up the sky at night. And that home has various kinds of carpets, grass, trees, and plants. It has mountains and valleys. And the cupboards of the house are full. There's fruit on the trees, wheat and barley in the fields, and plenty to eat. The Lord God also put the animals on the earth for man to play with and delight in. He prepared the earth lovingly, like a father and mother do when they expect a child. They select a bedroom close to their own so that they can be there whenever the child needs them. They put everything there for the baby to be comfortable, a soft, warm bed, a change table, toys, and calming colors and pleasant decorations. When everything is ready, the baby can come. And that is also how the Lord our God prepared the earth for all of us. He made everything ready for his children, Adam and Eve, and their offspring. God created them in his image. 
The man and the woman were created to be different from all the other creatures in that they could be his covenant children. Adam and Eve and their offspring would inherit the whole earth, and God intended that man would live in that home happily and contented forever. And he would be close to them. He would be next door. They could call upon him at any time. And the author of Psalm 104 greatly appreciated the home that God created for them. He sees the hand of his heavenly Father in everything. He observes God's wonderful creation around him and views his surroundings and views them as a radiant and stately robe with which the invisible creator has clothed himself to display his glory. He looked around and stood in awe of the beauty in the sky, the shifting clouds and the sun's rays. He felt the sand at the seashore between his toes and the cool water as it lapped against his legs. How the waters of the seas are kept within their boundaries. The waters can only go so far, and then they return to where they came. He looked at the raging rivers and how they flowed between the mountains. He saw how beautifully God made everything and how the waters served to quench the thirst of all kinds of animals. The, beet, the, beer, the birds of the air and the beasts in the field and the wild donkeys. And when he heard the roaring of a lion, he understood that this was the lion asking for food from God. He saw God's hand in all of creation. And when he heard the thunder, he heard the voice of God. He stood in awe of how the birds make their nests and how the stork makes a home in the pine trees. He was excited by how everything happened with seasonal regularity. There's the rhythm of light and darkness, spring, summer, fall, and winter. As the psalmist Observed all these things, he did not, as modern man does, speak about Mother Earth or the laws of nature. He did not give credit to an intelligent design either. No, he praised God. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great, he says in verse 1. He perceived his father's breath in the winds. He did, not say, he did not say, oh, how the wind blows. But he said, look at how the Father uses the wind as his messenger, in verse 4. And when the sun rose, he did not just marvel at that miracle, but he marveled at his heavenly Father who caused this to happen. In everything, he saw his heavenly Father as the almighty creator who upholds and governs all things. Brothers and sisters, is that also how you see this world? Do you stand in awe every day of the work of creation of your Heavenly Father? Or do you see nothing but doom and gloom? Are you afraid of the future? Do you see the hand of your Heavenly Father? When the first snow falls out of the sky, you see the miracle of each snowflake. Unlike artificial snow, 
there is not one snowflake falling from the sky that is the same as the other. Did you know that? Billions upon billions of snowflakes fall to the ground and not one is the same. And that's God's doing. Do you see the miracle in a house plant as it unfolds its leaves and produces flowers? Do you hear the birds singing and see the beauty of it all? How God created that bird and how he provides for him every day, making sure that he has food and drink. It is absolutely marvelous the way God has created things. And mankind continues to discover more and more. And that is because God created the earth so beautifully with so many elements that innumerable new things are ready to be discovered. Think about just what has been discovered in the past century. Man discovered that he could communicate through radio waves and telephone lines. Man discovered how to harness steam powerful enough to push a locomotive along rail lines. Man discovered electricity. Man discovered flight. He even discovered that he could fly to the moon. He discovered the computer chip. And so the list can go on and on and on. And there are so many things yet to be discovered. God put it all there for his glory and for us to discover and to enjoy. Man has only scratched the surface. Why did he make these things? Well, he gave these things to man to satisfy his curiosity, to keep him busy. He gave him these things to exercise his cultural mandate. He made them for man to discover them so that they could give glory to God. And that was the ultimate aim. Just as the psalmist gives glory to God. He gave it so that they could see the hand of God in everything. And that they do not have to be afraid because he is that almighty creator who lovingly made it all for his children. God wants us to stand in awe of his creation and therefore to stand in awe of him. I once read a story about a father and a little boy that struck me. As was his habit, the father was busy at work on his desk by the window, oblivious to his surroundings. And then he heard the banging and clanging of a garbage truck. And he looked outside and he saw his four-year-old little boy sitting on the porch, watching in awe and wonder at that great big garbage truck that picked up all that garbage in its steel claws and then gobbled it up. His eyes almost popped out of his head. The father saw how awestruck and mesmerized his little boy was by the mechanics of it all. You and I, we're used to these kinds of things, aren't we? If we were to come upon a garbage truck, we would barely give it a glance as we pass by. But to that little boy, that garbage truck was awesome. And so we pass by so many things, don't we? We take so many things for granted. And brothers and sisters, it would be good 
to return to that time in our lives when we stood in awe of everything around us, just like a little child. Have you ever watched a two-year-old exploring his surroundings? He's oblivious to danger and will touch and pick up and look at everything, and he is spellbound by it all. God's creation is so truly awesome. The scriptures often speak about the hands of God. God, of course, doesn't have hands like we do. It's a figure of speech. We do the same. When we have control of a situation, for example, and then we will say that we have everything in hand. And now the same thing is true of God regarding creation. He holds it as it were in his hand. And so he can shape it and do with it whatever he wants. He is in complete control of it all. There are many things that we cannot hold in our hands. And that is because we are not strong enough. A man cannot hold a mountain or a tree in his hand. And he cannot control all situations. Those things are impossible for us. But God's power is such that he can hold all of creation in his mighty hand. He can hold on to the whole earth. He can hold on to the billions upon billions of stars in his hands as well. And whatever may come along, whatever may happen, the situation never gets out of hand. There is no limit to what God can do. He is that powerful. He is that wise. But what does it mean that he upholds it? For we should not think that God, that that is what all, God, all that God does. That is how some people picture it. They think of God as an artist, a sculptor, who when finished with his creation, puts his sculpture somewhere so that others can look at it and admire it. God, however, doesn't do that. He does not just put this creation somewhere for him to gaze at and marvel at. He does, not just, he does not leave it just in his hand either. So all he does so that he can move it and look at it at all angles. No, God is always busy with his creation. He continues to mold and to shape his creation. He is always busy with his hands. His hands are never idle. And that's quite clear from Psalm 104. That psalm describes how God is responsible not only for putting the earth on its foundations, as it says in verse 5, but also for making the springs gush forth in the valleys and to give drink to every beast of the field and to give food to the, to the birds in their habitations. He is the one who causes the grass to grow for the cattle and plants for man to cultivate. He is the one who waters the trees so that they can grow and so that the birds can build their nests in them. And as it says in verse 19, he also made the moon to mark the seasons. But do you know what's so incredibly wonderful? He takes care, especially of you and me. Having been made in God's image, we are the crown of his creation. We are very special to him. Isn't that something? And we can trust him. 
The Catechism tells us that he governs his creation, including all his creations, all his creatures. He governs them, he rules them, he directs their lives. And you can only do that if you have a certain goal in mind, which God does. Everything that happens here on earth with his creatures is directed towards that particular goal. The world is not like a stationary automobile with its engine running on neutral. No, it's going places. It's on the way to somewhere. And God has determined its destination. Nothing and no one can prevent God from realizing the goal that he has set for this creation. Brothers and sisters, did you ever consider that it is a miracle that this earth still turns, that many good things still do happen. Because of our sin, creation is spoiled. We have allowed the devil to reign this world, our hearts, our flesh. It's not a miracle that this world is still in existence, that God did not destroy everything after the fall into sin, is it not a miracle that everyday babies are still being born? Is it not a miracle that the sun shines every day and that creation is being preserved as it is? And these things happen only because of one thing. The Lord Jesus Christ came to redeem this world. He makes it possible that we can be alive physically and eternally. He makes it possible that you have food on your table and a roof over your head and clothes. He makes it possible that we can gather together every Sunday. He makes it possible that you can have jobs to keep busy. He makes it possible that you can enjoy so many good things. Oh, sure, there's a lot of pain and sorrow here on this earth. There are many disappointments, but concentrate on something other than these things. Put it all into perspective. God has never left the driver's seat. He is still there bringing this whole world to its final destination. Nothing can change that. Think about the miracle that you are alive and that you have hope because of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you have hope for the future. The Lord God tells you that nothing can separate you from his love. And if that's what you concentrate on in this life, then you can also withstand the bumps and the grinds of life. As the Catechism says, he is able to do everything as Almighty God, but he is willing to do that because he is also our Heavenly Father. Our confession says, I trust in him so completely as to have no doubt that he will provide me with all things necessary for body and soul and will also turn to my good whatever adversity he sends me in this life of sorrow. That's your confession. That's my confession. To trust him is to know him. How do you know him? Of course, from creation all around you but especially from his word. God wants us to acknowledge that he is always in control, also when bad things happen. He has made many promises, and all his promises have come true. He gave us the promise of the forgiveness of sins and eternal life, and he kept that promise by giving us his son. 
to die for us and to conquer death so that we can have life. When you don't believe, you will be full of anxiety. You will be afraid when the economy deteriorates or your health. You will be afraid of the future. Without trusting God, you will not feel in control. You are set adrift if you don't acknowledge God as your heavenly father and don't believe in him. And if that's how you go through life, you will not make it to your final destination with your heavenly father either. Please note that Psalm 104 ends with a curse. After describing God's wonderful creation, the psalmist says, let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Do you know why? Why that verse is there? Because those who, in spite of the overwhelming evidence of God's existence, stubbornly live as if God does not exist. And if they continue to live that way, they will exist without God forever. In the end, there is no room for those who do not acknowledge that our Heavenly Father is the creator of all things. And that he is also the one who preserves all things. He is the one who loves you so much that he gave his only son so that this world as we now know it can be renewed. Totally renewed. And you had better acknowledge that now or God will not acknowledge you as his child. For that reason, right after the curse, he also adds once more, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. There is so much reason to praise him, for he is going to do away with wickedness and sin on this earth. That is why he sent his son. He sent his son to do away with sin and the effects of sin. He sent his son because he loves us so much that never again do we have to experience sin and misery. And so, don't look at the dark and gloomy side of life. Don't be anxious and afraid, but look at the beauty of all of God's creation and trust in the Almighty God, and he will bring you to your final destination, safe and sound. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. Trust in him, for he is not only able to do so as Almighty God, but willing also as faithful father. Amen.